What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So I know many of you probably listened to yesterday's episode hoping to hear more details about the Marlins' COVID-19 outbreak. I did talk about it a little bit, but what you will notice is that I didn't go into many of the details that you might have read about because I actually published yesterday's episode just before all that news came out. So I'm going to go into further details to what went down, what's going on in Miami. So as many of you know, there has been a coronavirus outbreak within the Marlins organization. They've had 13 players plus coaches test positive. And as a result of this, their game yesterday against the Orioles in Miami was canceled. And the game today is also canceled. Uh, They're scheduled to play the Orioles in Baltimore on Wednesday and Thursday. But in the meantime, for for the two days in between, they're doing more testing and everything. And then the Phillies and Yankees were supposed to play yesterday at Citizens Bank Park. But that game was postponed because MLB had to do further testing because, I mean, the Marlins were just in that clubhouse, that visiting clubhouse in Philadelphia. And, you know, nobody wants to risk another team getting it if if the Yankees were to come into town and maybe catch something. So they they've apparently they fumigated that clubhouse in a bunch of different ways. And now they're waiting for testing among all teams, all teams that have been in contact with with the Marlins are, are getting looked at. So this is obviously not good. This is one of the big concerns or this has been one of the big concerns that many people had uh, coming into this season was that. How would the league handle this exact situation, an outbreak? How would you stop it from spreading? How would you be able to contain it? Would it mean that the season would have to be canceled immediately? Would a team have to forfeit? What is going on? As I mean, it's not black and white. You know, we all want answers to things like this immediately, but it's not black and white. It's a fluid situation. So they're doing a lot of testing and they're supposed to get most of the results back today. I think I actually got many of them back yesterday because they use a local lab in Rutgers, New Jersey, which is near Philadelphia. And there's also getting all the tests back by today. Today meaning Tuesday. But, you know, it's 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 an inevitability. You knew there were going to be positive tests, but um, how, how would they be able to handle a case where, like, half their starting lineup got COVID on the day? And they why did they play that game when, when they had four starters out? Why did they play that game? And they still somehow won. But... You know, these are questions that, that, that are fair questions. And will the integrity of the season be damaged if you have to you have teams playing less than 60 games? I, I mean, I read Bolster only talk about this yesterday. He said apparently after the 1981 strike, you just kind of throw out schedule integrity out of the window. Some teams might play 60 games. Some teams might play 55 or whatever. And then you just do the standings based off of win percentage. But then obviously there's the elephant in the room like, I mean, baseball is, is just a game, and a lot of people don't want to see this season happening because it's just it just feels wrong to be risking people's lives for a game. And I understand that. I understand that completely. But I do think that I, I do think that the way that the league has set it up has actually been pretty I mean, personally, I think it's been pretty good. Um, they've obviously given players the opportunity to opt out, and many players have opted out. Um, and they, they leave the door open for that at any time. If anyone feels threatened or unsafe doing so, they're not obliged to play. They can leave. And 
they're doing a lot of tests. The only issue with baseball is that you don't have much room for error because there's just a natural lag in getting test results for COVID-19. It might take a day to get your test results back, but baseball is a game where you play every single day. It's not like football where you play on Sunday and then you don't play until the next Sunday. You have a whole week. So if someone tests positive, you'll easily catch that before, you know, maybe even before the next practice, you know, before the next Wednesday practice or whatever. But with baseball, you play every day. I mean, 60 games in 66 days, they're going to be some some players with, with positives that slip through the cracks. And that's exactly what happened here in Miami. So, you know, a lot of people are also talking about why didn't Major League Baseball do a bubble like basketball is doing? Because the NBA's bubble is working. It's working. They've had zero positive tests uh, recently. You know, NHL is doing something like that as well. Uh, why didn't they do a bubble? Well, I think one constraint baseball is facing is that you know that that those other sports aren't that first of all hockey and basketball basically just have their playoffs remaining you know just end a few you know play a few games end their regular season they just go straight to the playoffs so they have you know just fewer games to play and then also you have to think about facilities the infrastructure of this so football i'm, I'm sorry basketball and hockey they play in arenas and it's it's easy to get multiple games in in a day you can get several games in in one day using the same arena but in baseball you can't necessarily do that and and you're playing on fields outdoors so let's say you had done like you know multiple sites just so you'd have enough fields for everyone you would have to have at least three cities for baseball at least you know and there has to be there are more there are bigger rosters in baseball more people obviously with like your taxi squad your alternate sites and everything so more people in, in a city just you know if you're staying, then that, that means you need more support staff, more hotel staff, you know, game day crews, things like that. And, um, you know, I, I don't really know if there are going to be many cities that are going to be willing to host a bubble. I mean, you already saw the issue that the Toronto Blue Jays ran into where no team, no city wanted to take them in. Uh, you know, the, the Canadian government said no. The, the state government of Pennsylvania said no. So they ended up having to relocate to, um, you know, the AAA field in New York. But I don't know if there are many states that would be willing to host such a big bubble like that, especially when you have all these workers who have to come in and out all the time. You know, with uh, at least with the basketball one, the one I'm more f familiar with, they have Disney World. That's the perfect spot to do this. I think the MLS is down there too. Disney World is is made for for this kind of setup. It's you know, it's a resort. They have plenty of hotel rooms for you know enough players and everything. They play at an arena. You know, they use the same arena and you don't have to worry about that. With baseball, you need several fields. You're playing outdoors. If you're in Arizona, you have 115 degree heat, you know, during the summer. It's just it's a logistical it's it's a logistical uh, nightmare, honestly. So th there is no perfect situation, no matter what. I mean, obviously, so people are saying just cancel the season. I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you. If, you. if you want the season to be canceled, I definitely hear you. But you better believe that, I mean, the reality of it is that a you know, multi-billion dollar organization is going to do everything they can to make money and keep that money coming in. That's just the world we live in. You know, I mean, it, it sucks to, to hear that, but I'm just, I'm telling you the reality of the situation. No, no organization, no business that stands to bring in as much money as a professional sports organization like MLB is going to, is going to wave the white flag without a fight. That's just not how it works. There's there's way too much on the line financially, and and um that's that's just the unfortunate truth. That's the unfortunate truth. I'm sorry to 
to say. Not that I necessarily agree with it, but that's just the world we live in. So, yeah, I mean, where we stand right now, uh, we're kind of at a standstill uh, with those two two series, you know, the O's and Marlins and then the Phillies and Yankees. But the hope is that, uh, you know, both teams are going to be playing again uh, by tomorrow, by Wednesday. I don't even know if the... Yeah, probably by Wednesday, because I don't think the, the Yankees and Phillies are going to play today being Tuesday either. I, I don't know. But yeah, that's where we stand with this. As of now, there is no talk of canceling the season. Obviously, it's a fluid situation and things can change. But as of now, the season is still continuing. This is a very unprecedented situation, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll have to play it by ear. So in other news, I'm just going to kind of touch on some of the things I liked from last night. You know, I've talked a lot about the Tampa Bay Rays and how they mix and match better than anyone, you know, with their pitching staff, how they've never really had, well, they have, but um, in recent years, they've kind of gone away from having this uh, traditional, um, you know, starting five, pitcher rotation, whatever. They just piece together 27 outs every night. Well, last night, they combined for 19 strikeouts as a pitching staff. They shattered the club record, 19 strikeouts, and that's also the most in a baseball game uh this season, a nine-inning game this season. I mean, they were absolutely phenomenal. Tyler Glass now led the way, um, and they won this game, fourteen to five over the Braves. And this is like vintage Tampa Bay. They've they've become well known for their pitching, and this group is is the best in baseball. Glass now led the way with nine Ks over four innings, and uh, he picked up right where he left off last year. Last year he went six and one with a one seven nine ERA and twelve starts, and then. Last night, he was just as good. I mean, hitting triple digits on his fastball, getting tons of swings and misses, 11 swings and misses. I mean, dude was was untouchable. And then, you know, the bullpen came in. I mean, Jalen Beeks pitched the bulk of relief innings. He fanned seven over three innings. Uh, you know, Diego Castillo came in, pair of punch outs in the fifth. Uh, Jose Alvarado, he pitched a scoreless third, struck out, ended in Ciarte to set the new club record. An absolutely filthy, filthy, filthy pitching staff for the Tampa Bay Rays, doing what they do best. Just making sure that they are getting getting some love on here because, I mean, we know they're good, but small market teams just get overlooked a lot. I want to give a shout-out to Tyler Stevenson. He homered in his first career at-bat yesterday. Uh, Tyler Stevenson was a first-round pick of the Reds in 2015. I remember this very well um, out of Georgia. This dude rose up the draft board just a few months before the draft. Uh, that year, high school catcher, and and you know he he was drafted in the first round, rightfully so. He made his big league debut yesterday. He hit a 421 foot bomb to center field. Uh, kid from Atlanta, smiling all the way around the bases, and off to a good start uh, with his big league career. So congrats to him. Michael Fulmer returned to the Tigers after almost 23 months and two surgeries. He took the mound at Comerica Park, almost two years since the last time he had done so. Uh, this dude was a 2016 AL Rookie of the Year. Um, I mean, he felt a little rusty. Um, I mean, he would have liked to keep more of his pitches in the ballpark, but the Royals kind of you know, jumped all over them. 14-6 to was the final score yesterday. But the Tigers do have Michael Fulmer back on the mound. So there's that. The Braves have DFA'd Mike Fultonevich, designated for assignment. I mean, this dude has kind of fallen from grace. He was their game one starter in the in the 2018 postseason, uh, and he was actually given the 
ball with the season on the line last year during the playoffs, but just one start into this year and his future is certain, suddenly uncertain. They don't really have room for him. He hasn't been the same pitcher uh, recently. Uh, he allowed, I mean, I mean, I guess yesterday, yesterday um, he pitched against the Rays. Yeah, so he allowed six earned runs over three and a third. His fastball was averaging 89 miles an hour, topping out at 93. Last year, he was averaging 95. And the year before, he was averaging 96.5. So his velo has completely tumbled in the last couple of years. And he has not um, learned how to pitch with that lower velo, I guess. So the the Braves are going to have to figure something out from here. Um Kyle Wright is going to pitch tonight for the Braves. Um, he's a guy with high upside, but he still hasn't really proven himself at the big league level. He's their number four of our prospects. So beyond Mike Soroka and Max Freed, the Braves rotation does consist of a whole lot of uncertainty. I mean, part of this problem is because Cole Hamels, who was their top offseason acquisition, he's going to be in the IL until at least September 5 with left triceps tendonitis. So... At some point, the Braves might need to call up Ian Anderson. He's their number 37 prospect. But once Fulte's spot comes up again on Saturday, they, they might just mix and match. They have Tuki Toussaint, Julius Chassin, and Josh Tomlin. So it's going to be all hands on deck uh, for that spot. But it's not going to be Mike Fultonevich. Yeah, so one, one rough start on the season, and he's out. That's, that's literally what happened to Fulte last night. It's a bummer. It's, it's a bummer. Uh, I mean, if this is a regular season, they, like a regular year, they would have sent him down to AAA to get right. But this year, they don't have that option, so they just DFA'd him. They cut him, essentially. So, yeah, that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.